It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Scott Foster in here with you. We'll be uh, talking about what we're going to be talking about in the next uh, couple hours or so as I bring in an august uh, tribunal of folks here to tell us everything we need to know on this Friday. And I start with Susan Littlefield. How are you today, Susan? A little warm. Uh, Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to have to live with that for a little while longer. But then... Think how nice the uh, 70s and 80s are going to feel when it's not 90 degrees, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Okay, very good. All right. (laughs) What do you got for us today? Well, no surprise. We are going to talk a little bit more weather coming up at 1219 with Al Dutcher. Shaley will bring us the latest and the greatest from that. 1245, we're going to do a little sports action from the Big Ten event taking place in Chicago. Jason will bring us up to speed on the interview with the football coach. And then it is Friday. So we, of course, have Fridays in the Field brought to you by the great folks at Big Iron Realty. And we're going to learn more about what's happening in northeast Nebraska. All right. I, that's good. I'm from northeast Nebraska. I'd like to hear about what's going on up there. <laughs> well, we'll keep you up to speed. Thank you. I appreciate that, Susan. Have a good day. You too. Brandon Bennett is here, and uh, the uh, British Open is uh, doing uh, doing its darndest to keep scores down. As it's, uh, it's cold and rainy and... Uh, rough for people like tiger woods and that is exactly the word to use is rough because we see a lot of guys uh, that are in the rough right now trying to get out of the rough and in fact for tiger woods his major season is over it'll end with a missed cut at the aforementioned british open this is after of course he missed the cut at the pga and was a non-factor at the u.s open there was that week back in april where he turned back the clock Mm -hmm. a little bit and of course won the masters but again, two missed cuts in two majors this hour, uh, this year rather, and this hour Shane Lowry, who did a good job of getting out of the rough just now, is the leader right now at nine under. We'll also hear from Husker quarterback Adrian Martinez making his way through the gauntlet of reporters yesterday at the Big Ten Football Media Days. Jason also brings us content from Iowa coach Kirk Ferentz, who last year the Hawkeyes went nine and four and five and four in the conference, which kind of what the Hawkeyes do, good mm-hmm. but not great. Mm-hmm. But then also B six senior baseball American Legion tournament that begins today. We'll hear from the head coach of both the Gothenburg Melons and the Cozad Reds. All right, and uh, you'll be able to hear hear the Cozad game anyway tonight on Cami. Uh, so uh, we'll see what's going on with that as area tournaments close things down. We turn it over to Bob Brogan. How are things going in stocks? Are we going to end well for us? Just a little bit mixed right now. Uh, their stocks are giving up some early gains and trading mixed at midday. And one of the things that's uh, of concern is the uh, the price of oil. Uh, tensions are escalating in the Persian Gulf region. That's where a large amount of the world's crude oil is shipped. Uh through that area. Uh, another uh, thing out there, uh, bankers surveyed in parts of the Midwest say that uh, trade skirmishes are maybe having a little bit of a negative effect on local economies. Uh, so the Rural Main Street survey is out on that. And um, those are some of the things we're watching. Of course, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, Nebraska's out with its Unemployment uh, report, unemployment rate reports, and uh, that shows that the state's June jobless rate was stayed right at three percent. Uh, all right, that is uh, that is good news for sure. We'll come back with more. That's all coming up on midday. 
time for us to check in on our weather. Brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation and see how our weather is affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, I guess uh, it's good for agriculture right now, um, but uh, not so good necessarily, Paul Perkins, uh, for you and I. <laughs> yes, uh, for humans and animals out there a bit on the rough side. So definitely you want to take a heed with this heat. Uh, takes extra frequent breaks, especially one more time for today. And also drink plenty of water. Make sure, of course, uh, livestock and pets have uh, access to plenty of water, too. You know, uh, I, I read the National Weather Service on their, their kind of update today. They had, and I didn't think about this, but it makes sense that heat is the number one killer weather-wise. And went and doubt it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I think lightning's probably right up there Right, next. too. Yeah. But that's what you think. Yeah. You know, you think lightning, hurricanes, tornadoes, yeah. stuff like that. But heat. Yeah, huh, so, yeah so a lot of people care. can be affected by the heat. And just kind of... You know, we're not the only ones expected to see a lot of heat uh, over the next day, or maybe it's today. Washington, D.C., actually going to feel about as hot as it is in the desert southwest and Death Valley because of the supposed to get up to about 100 in washington dc but with the added humidity it makes it feel like it's about 110 of course down in death valley it's 115 but that drier air doesn't feel as hot there in 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 washington dc you have all the concrete you have all of that stuff and of course the added hot weather just being a decent the hot air that's already going around exactly there you go yeah but right now it's warming up very nicely across our area most of us with temperatures already into the upper 80s to low 90s, most of those low 90s in eastern Nebraska and northern Kansas, but we're already into the mid to upper 90s as you head into northeast Colorado. 99 right now in Holyoke, Colorado at 1030 at their their mountain time this morning. Mm, wow. uh, with the, and in the dew points that are in the upper 60s to low 70s, most of us with dew points in the low 70s, that is making it feel like in many areas at least in central and eastern Nebraska and Kansas, in the low and mid-90s. We have some upper 90s to around 100 as you head into far eastern areas of Nebraska and Kansas. 103 on the heat index reading in the Omaha area right now, and 102 towards the Beatrice area. They don't even have a heat index reading in Holyoke, Colorado, where it's 99 because the, the air is just too dry. It's 13% on the relative humidity in the Holyoke area with the dew point of 39 compared to the dew point in the low 70s for most of us. But for one more day, we have an excessive heat warning and heat advisory that remains in effect. This has been expanded further to the west to include west-central Nebraska, so west-central to eastern Nebraska, and nearly all of Kansas in the excessive heat warning and heat advisory. In Nebraska, this does include the areas along and east of a line from Ainsworth to Thedford, Ogallala, and Benkelman, Kansas. It's expanded to Atwood and points to the south and east, about the only area in Kansas that's not affected by a heat advisory or an excessive heat warning is the one tier of western counties. For all of us today, looking at heat and humidity, making it feel like it's 100 to 115. Today, the last day of the extreme heat for a while underneath the dome of high pressure that's encompassing the southern two-thirds of the U.S., that heat peaking out this afternoon and evening, just ahead of an approaching cold front that will be moving into northern Nebraska. The cold front, the focus for some thunderstorms across northern Nebraska tonight. Those thunderstorms should stay in the north. Thunderstorm chances increase region-wide for tomorrow through tomorrow night. As that cold front pushes south with much cooler air, a few storms could be severe just on an isolated basis with the main threats of wind, hail, and heavy rain right now. That better chance of severe weather across the Dakotas and Minnesota. Sunday will be much cooler and less humid behind the front with temperatures 
15 to 20 degrees cooler than much of what we had this last week. A lot of locations on Sunday expecting highs in the 70s. A warming trend begins the middle of next week when a ridge of high pressure expands back onto the plains. But that warming trend does not look like it will last long in our long-term forecast during the middle of next week. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will be seasonal to slightly warmer than normal by next weekend through the first day of August. Temperatures will be mainly seasonal or near normal, the coolest air just off to our east. Daytime highs for reference in central Nebraska during late July are the warmest of the year with average highs in the upper 80s and overnight lows in the low to mid-60s. It will be drier than normal the middle of next week with that ridge of high pressure in Nebraska and Kansas with below normal rainfall, a better chance of rain by next weekend through the 1st of August with near normal to slightly above normal rainfall. Weather factors impacting the markets include cooler weather in the Midwest and periods of rain for the Black Sea region. A short-lived heat wave will end during the weekend across the plains and upper Midwest and early next week in most other areas east of the Rockies. Widespread rain will proceed and accompany that surge of cooler air. The monsoon flow of moisture, haven't talked about that in a while. That will develop rain across the central and southern Rockies and the desert southwest. For the Midwest, the change to cooler weather, 5 to 10 days from now, will be more favorable for crops. Thunderstorms will accompany that cooler change and offer some important moisture after the hot and dry spell. Intense heat and dryness in the southern plains will continue through tomorrow and favor continued wheat harvest progress. Row crops will be stressed with some irrigation needed. Northern Plains crop areas in good shape. They will continue to benefit from a combo of seasonal temperatures and periods of rain. In the Delta, a new round of moderate to locally heavy rain five days from now will add to some significant flooding. In the Black Sea region, the corn crop in Ukraine and Russia will continue to benefit from periodic showers and varying temperatures over the next 10 days. Hmm, okay. All right. Well, so we've got a cool down coming and a possibility of some thunderstorms when that cold front runs out, gets in control a little bit, but you're not thinking it's going to be a widespread Yeah, event. right now the Storm Prediction Center has at worst a moderate risk okay. of severe storms over southeastern Nebraska and central and eastern Kansas. Usually the uh, time you should start really paying attention is when we see at least a slight risk of storms, uh, severe storms, but that is actually below that for okay. tomorrow and tomorrow night. That front going to be moving through probably when it's just starting to warm up across the area and not during the peaking of the day. If it was moving through a little slower, then we might see a bigger severe risk, but it doesn't look like it will be the case. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I appreciate it, Paul. Thank you. Where do you go to check in on your weather? KRVN.com. It's time again this week we get to visit with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist, Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, the furnace officially getting cranked up this week across the state. So what can we expect as we head into this weekend and next weekend? Are we going to continue to see heat or maybe get a little bit of a break? Well, it looks like our heat is going to come to an end, at least briefly, if uh, if not temporarily. However you want to describe it, we're going to get at least a few days of relief from this heat. Looks like the worst of it is going to be today uh, across the state. Wide, widespread heat index values at above 100. Uh, cattle comfort index looks like it's going to be the worst from southwest to north central Nebraska, where uh, some locations may see cattle comfort index heat values above the 115 range. And then, of course, we have basically a zonal flow to the north of us as, as the ridge is starting to flatten out in response to troughing action across the northwest northern plains that will be moving toward the Great Lakes. And that's going to help to sag the cooler air into our region beginning as early as 
tomorrow morning across extreme northern Nebraska, and then it will push southward slowly as the day progresses. So we may see some thunderstorm development occurring pretty dramatically tomorrow afternoon in northeastern Nebraska, and then those systems, will, as it slides toward the south, we'll start to see that whole funnel boundary fill in as it moves towards southern Nebraska. And the biggest question right now is how long will the rain hold on on Sunday across southern Nebraska? Yesterday's runs was basically killing it as we got into the noontime hour. Now it looks like it's going to pull it a little bit slower, so we may actually see some beneficial rainfall across southeast and east central Nebraska, which we desperately need. We're running deficits for the month in many locations that have anywhere from one to three inches and percent of normal that equates out to between 25 and 75 percent of normal for the month and and of course temperatures have been one to upwards of five degrees above normal with the the majority of the worst heat in terms above normal right in the Missouri River Valley from northeast to southeast Nebraska but as that front comes through we're going to see a dramatic temperature change we're going to go from upper 90s today to basically the low 90s in the north and upper 90s across the southeast and to cooler temperatures working as the day progresses and then by the time we get into Sunday it's going to feel actually like spring-like temperatures after this heat as we see temperatures in the extreme northern Nebraska probably in the upper 70s to maybe even the low 80s with about a five degree cool or five degree warmer across the southern part of the state then it looks like we're going to see a couple dry days at least from the model standpoint if we see any convection it'll be out in extreme western nebraska and then the ridge starts to build back in and we'll start to see the heat increase in the western part of the state at the midweek period probably going to see 90s return in earnest in the western one-third of the state and then that will begin to migrate toward the east and by the end of next week we should start to see highs in extreme eastern nebraska in that low 90 to mid 90 range and that should be pretty persistent across the western part of the state the only thing that we're watching is this ridge builds eastward and the monsoon flow in the southwest starts to kick in along with a trough moving in to the northwest that's going to help the funnel monsoon moisture over top of this ridge and there is evidence that with a couple ridge runners may impact us from wednesday through next saturday as they tend to move around that ridge. So we may see some continuation of nighttime or nocturnal thunderstorm activity moving down the Missouri River Valley, which would be beneficial to eastern Nebraska and help to make up some of these deficits that have occurred recently. All right. Thanks so much, Al. Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to check in on sports. Here's Brandon. Hey, thanks, Scott. Yesterday, Husker quarterback Adrian Martinez made his way through the gauntlet of reporters at the first day of the Big Ten Football Media Days in Chicago. Jason Jorgensen has more. Big things are expected for the sophomore who broke out last year for the Big Red. Martinez set 11 school records despite being slowed early on in the year with a knee injury. And he talks about where he hopes to be better this fall. Point to two areas, really. Um, turnovers for me especially, and then red zone efficiency. Things that I think we really need to to change a little bit and and, uh, where I can make a difference. Um, And I think in year two, me just being a smarter football player um, and just having a better general knowledge, uh, we'll be able to improve in those areas. Martinez was named preseason All-Big Ten at Thursday's Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. He and the Huskers will open up the season on August 31st at home against South Alabama. Reporting from the Big Ten Football Media Days in Chicago, I'm Jason Jorgensen. Iowa coach Kirk Ferentz was on hand today for Big Ten Football Media Days. The Hawkeyes are coming off a season in which they were 9-4 and 5-4 and in conference play. 
Ferris was asked about how close the Hawkeyes are to breaking through and winning the Big Ten West again. Well, we'll find out. We, we have a chance to have an opportunity, and uh, you know, it's the first thing you have to do is put yourself in position uh, to be competitive. And, uh, and then once you get to that spot, um, then, then it's a matter of just handling all the little things well. And uh, you know, last year we, I thought we played good football. Uh, all of our four losses, uh, you know, I, I can do math. They didn't come down to one possession, but if you ran the games, they were basically one possession ball games. And uh, that, that's really the difference between you know. Uh, being at the top, being you know, near the top, or being in the middle, or being at the bottom. Standing in Iowa's way, however, is a tough conference schedule that includes road games at Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. The Hawkeyes kick off their season August 31st at home versus Miami of Ohio. Cozad is hosting the B6 Senior Baseball Tournament that begins today. The Gothenburg Melons go into district action at 10-8 and overall, and head coach Jory Flesh sums up the season the Melons have had so far. For the most part, we've played pretty sound baseball. One, two, or three run ball games, that were, you know, in our losses. You know, I think as a group, we've just, you know, that everybody's grown a little bit and got a little bit more fundamentally sound. And I think everybody's got high expectations going into the tournament. Gothenburg is scheduled to play Minden at 4 p.m. And another action, top-seeded McCook plays Holdridge at 1 p.m. The nightcap of the opening round of the B6 Senior Baseball Tournament features Kozad playing Donovan Trumbull. The Reds went 12-9 and overall during the regular season to earn the second seed in the tournament. Head coach T.J. Vasura talks about the keys for the Reds to make a good run. I just think consistently defensively. You know, we've had games where we've played lights out defensively, and then we've had games um, where we'll have three, four errors and um, plays that we normally make, and just mentally we're not there. The Reds face Donovan Trumbull, who is 3-6-1 on the year. First pitch for that game is set for 7 p.m., and you'll be able to hear that game on our sister station, Cami Country Legends. And Tiger Woods' major season is over. It'll end with a missed cut at the British Open. He also missed the cut at the PGA Championship and was a non-factor at the U.S. Open. But of course, there was that week back in April when he turned back the clock at Augusta National and won the Masters, and that will allow him to look back on 2019 with a big, big smile. That's a look at sports. Stay tuned. More of Midday is straight ahead. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. The 32nd Annual Carney Cruise Night features food, entertainment, and cars. The six-day event, which runs through Sunday, is presented by the Central Nebraska Auto Club. Organizers say numbers, both in terms of cars and visitors, could be down this year because of recent flooding that reduced the availability of hotel rooms. Brad Kernick, one of the cruise night organizers, is looking, though, on the bright side. This is probably not going to be our best year just because of the challenges that we're facing. That's okay. We're going to make the best out of it. We believe that this could very well be therapeutic and and help a lot of people that are hurting because of peeling up water-sogged carpet and tearing out water-sogged sheetrock. People may say, you know what, we just need to relax and, and enjoy life a little bit. We do have the parade. We look for that to be very, very popular this year, and that's at 5 o'clock Saturday, starting at the intersection of Central Avenue and Railroad. Then when the parade's over, we relocate to Graham Tire, where they have their popular burnout contest. And also Saturday evening, there are drag races at Kearney Raceway. For more information, go to cruisenightcarney.com or the Kearney Cruise Night Facebook page. Nebraska's Secretary of State has won a national award for its efforts to keep elections secure. Nebraska Secretary of State Robert Evnen's office received the Innovators Award earlier this week from the National Association of State Election Directors. 
Evidence Office collaborated with Nebraska's registration database vendor and a federal cybersecurity contractor on the project. The state is now using a device called an Albert sensor to detect suspicious activity in Nebraska's voter registration system. It is designed to alert the Secretary of State's office to real-time threats to the voter registration system. Most states use bulky hardware, but this is the nation's first use of a virtual server. Nebraska's approach to the technology has been replicated in four states and territories that use the same voter registration systems. Students in certain grades at Kansas public and private schools will be required to have two new vaccinations this year. Kansas health officials announced that students entering kindergarten and first grade will need two doses of hepatitis A vaccine. Students entering seventh grade will need one a dose of meningococcal vaccine, and students starting their junior year will need the meningococcal vaccine if they have not been vaccinated before their 16th birthday. Back in Nebraska, the Nebraska Supreme Court has upheld the convictions and death sentence of a man who killed four people in Omaha shortly after leaving prison in 2013. The high court ruled today that it couldn't find that the trial court had abused its discretion in the case of Nico Jenkins. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Jason Jorgensen with you on the Rural Radio Network. On Thursday, Nebraska made the rounds at Big Ten Football Media Days in Chicago. Head coach Scott Frost addressed the media, and I asked Coach Frost maybe some of the biggest lessons he and the program learned a year ago that could help this year. You know, I think everybody in the state and in our building, uh, we're happy with the the progress that we made and, and kind of the results at the end of the season. And it was a long, hard road through that time. There's a lot of things that had to get changed, fixed, adjusted. Uh, we're still working on it. Uh, it's a never-ending process. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be done. It's never going to be complete. Uh, but we were certainly farther down the road at the end of the season than we were at the beginning. I think our team did a really good job of picking up from that point and moving forward. Love the attitude in our locker room right now and the work ethic they've been showing all off season. So, you know, we cost ourselves arguably a bunch of games just because of those things, um, mentalities and attitudes and decisions, and uh, hopefully we have a lot of that fixed. Dustin Schutte, Saturday Tradition. Uh, Scott, in your second year at uh, UCF, you obviously had a tremendous amount of success. Now you enter the second year at Nebraska, and a lot of people think you can win the West Division. Do you or your players feel that same uh, kind of level to deliver that same kind of success you had in year two at UCF? Well, we coach a lot of really good kids and a really good really good players in Orlando. Uh, we've got a lot of really good kids and really good players in Lincoln. Those two teams have nothing to do with one another, and I'm never going to make any comparisons. Um, I love where I am. I'm the coach in Nebraska. Um, we're concerned about this team. I love the progress this team's made. Uh, but you guys get to make all the predictions and prognostications. Uh, I get to coach a team. Um, I, I, so I don't know about any results. I don't think our kids feel pressure. They're just excited to play. Um, we're better. We're better than we were a year ago. And uh, the rest of it we're going to have to earn. Hey, Scott. Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. Last year you said uh, to all the other 13 coaches, you better get us now. Do you feel even more strongly about that after what transpired season one? I don't remember saying that directly to the coaches. But listen, uh, you know, I think anytime you take over a, a business, um, an organization, a sports team, year twos get easier than year ones. Uh, there's a lot of groundwork that had to be laid. 
Um, you know, Nebraska uh, is one of the teams that for a long time was one of the blue buds of college football and winning as many games as anybody. That wasn't built overnight. Uh, it's not going to be built overnight again. Um, and I have a strong sense that we're way ahead of where we were a year ago, and I think we'll keep improving from here. So I think we'll be a better team every time we get to play one of the teams that are on our schedule. Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com. Specifically, how far do you expect your quarterback play with Adrian Martinez to be, to be compared to where it was a year ago with everything he learned last year? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't trade our guy for anybody in, in the country at that position, at the quarterback position. Uh, on top of being a great player, he's a, just a great individual. Um, exactly what we're looking for to run our offense. Um, we're, we're probably going to go as far as he can take us this year. Um, you know, I played the position um, not as well as he plays it, but I played the position. And, and from personal experience and coaching experience, I think particularly at that position, your biggest jump comes from your first year of playing to your second year of playing. And, and I've seen that happen with, with some of the guys that I've coached as well. So um, as good as he was last year, if we get a, a similar jump, um, we're going to be really strong at that spot. Coach Frost, David Eichel, 24-7 Sports. At the end of last year, you said that there were teams in the Big Ten that were bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, how do you feel about your team in that area heading into year two, and how much more of that foundation do you feel like you have laid heading into this year? Uh, probably the, of all the areas we've improved, uh, strength conditioning um, across the board on our team has improved the most. Um, it's fun to go down and, and watch in the weight room and see what our guys are doing. Uh, we, we were kind of starting from square one when Zach Duvall and our, and our strength staff were as good as there is out there, got a hold of our guys. Um, we couldn't even really do the workouts at that point that he wanted them to do because uh, I don't think they were prepared for that. He didn't think they were prepared for that. Uh, so, so we were really starting to go um, a year and a half ago. Uh, to look now and see, see what our guys are doing in the weight room and really just looking at them, uh, when you walk by them and seeing them in the locker room in the hallways, they look completely different. And this is a big physical league. There's a lot of big physical teams, a lot of really good teams. And uh, regardless of your scheme on offense or defense, uh, you can't get pushed around. You can't get uh, you can't get outworked, and you can't get outsized. And uh, we made a lot of strides uh, to catch up, and um, I think that'll show up on the field. Uh, Mitch Sherman, the Athletic. Uh, Scott, can you speak to the um choice to, to bring Adrian to an event like this and, and how you see him handling a lot of the pressures that, that he's going to have uh, as just a sophomore this year in your program? Uh, yeah, uh, it was a pretty easy choice, honestly, to bring Adrian because, number one, he deserves it. Um, he's as, as good a player as we have, and I, I think as good a player as, you know, a lot of people have around the country, so he, he deserves to be here. Uh, just letting you guys in on a little secret, usually we would bring seniors. Um, we're not going to have any seniors or very many seniors on offense this year. Um, coaches also kind of think we've got to bring a guy that is going to speak well, represent us well, and, and say and do the right things. And um, he's the poster child for that. So he deserves to be in this spotlight. He can handle it. He's ready for it, and, and he's here. And there you have it. Some of the comments yesterday from Nebraska head coach Scott Frost at Big Ten Football Media Days. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Jason Jorgensen. 
Time for us to take a look at uh, business and what's going on in the markets right now across the world in the overnights. Japan's Nikkei recovered nicely up 429 points. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong was up 306. The FTSE index in London up 15. And the German DAX index was up 32. Here in the United States, the stocks are doing well. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 77. The NASDAQ is up 6. And the S&P is up one and we uh, turn it over to bob brogan who has been uh, discussing his golf abilities here uh, prior to going on air so uh, we'll see if that matches the stocks right i now. would i would be afraid to even step on some of these golf courses <laughs> for fear that i would actually have a club thrust in my hand and i would have to actually hit something mm-hmm. no i'd i'd rather just stand back and okay. uh, watch the pros do it i no i Moving on. You don't have time to listen to me, but uh, these people deserve what they get paid. Uh, Stocks are a little bit higher in midday trading on Wall Street, uh, chipping away at the week's losses. Well done. And uh, uh, Microsoft pushing up the technology sector after the software maker blew past Wall Street's profit forecast and reported solid growth for its cloud computing business. Elsewhere, the price of oil is up. Tensions are up also in the Persian Gulf region, where a lot of the world's crude oil is shipped through. Energy prices rose today, a day after President Donald Trump said a U.S. warship had destroyed an Iranian drone. Iran denies its drone was struck and says all its unmanned aircraft in the region returned to base safely. Virgin Orbit says it's been selected by the United Kingdom's Royal Air Force to provide launches of small satellites on short notice. The Long Beach, California company says the first launch for the uh, program could come as soon as 2020. Also, um, Nebraska's unemployment rate uh, is out, uh, the June unemployment rate unchanged. At 3%, which uh, a lot of states would take, the Labor Department saying that the uh, preliminary June rate matched the May rate and was two-tenths of a point higher than the June 2018 rate of 2.8%. So the unemployment rate remains low, but that's that's a double-edged sword for the state. You know, when it's low, that means uh, there aren't as many people available for the jobs that uh, that are available well what we hope it means is that uh, wages will go up when unemployment is low wages should go up because people are more in demand unfortunately that hasn't happened uh, in much of the united states the wages are are trailing a little bit behind the oil uh, oil is down a little bit today so at 55 dollars a barrel for crude right now so we'll keep an eye on that as the summer goes on netflix is Oh, we have been mentioned, excuse me, Netflix is struggling a little bit as uh, their subscription rate down a little as we go. Thanks a lot, Bob. I appreciate it. Big Iron Realty's Fridays in the Field segment, and once again from Northeast Nebraska. We're visiting with Brent Svoboda. He is from Pender, Nebraska. Brent, give us the quick update, first of all, from the last time we talked to you about five or six weeks ago. Uh, what have been the field operations that you've been involved in? Since the last time we talked, we sprayed the corn and the beans with a post-emerge uh, herbicide treatment 
and then we went over all the corn with a side dress application of some more fertilizer. We've been uh, hauling corn, cleaning some bins out and stuff, and I guess right now we're getting ready to uh, put another foliar fertilizer treatment on the soybeans. Well, let's talk about the soybeans first of all. Uh, we were out walking some fields, and uh, we did notice a couple of pests out in the soybean fields uh, this time. What, what are you noticing, Brent? The thistle caterpillars out there, so the painted lady butterfly is what they develop into, and they're probably worse than we've ever seen them. Normally, you probably wouldn't even notice them. They're out there chewing on the on the leaves, making their little webs. We haven't really seen it to a threshold to spray for yet. And then the gall midge, this is the third year that we've seen that, and it's it showed up here. We saw that the first part of July, and which is a little later than last year, but nobody really knows what to do yet. So our theory is to just spray the borders and try and slow them down, at this point anyway. So last year they were, they were fairly devastating along the edges of the fields. Transitioning over to corn, let's talk about uh, the progress of the corn. Where, where do most a uh, majority of your corn sit right now? Most of my corn is sitting uh, just right about tassel. I'd say in the next few days here, um, by the end of this week, it's going to be tasseled out. Really, there's there's maybe just a little bit of common rust, nothing to be concerned about. Uh, Insect-wise, too, we really haven't seen anything out there at this point. You know, we're going to reevaluate stuff at... Uh, after tassel here and see uh, we're probably going to have the planes fly some fungicide on. Stuff looks really good here right now. Hopefully we can just continue keeping uh, keeping that potential up there for a great crop. The status of the crops, is it where you'd like it to be? Are, are you satisfied with GDU accumulation and, and crop advancement up to this point? You know, we're probably... Uh Oh, I'd say five days behind, maybe. You know, not horrible. Depending on when guys got stuff planted, I really think we're we're sitting pretty good. June was a little cooler than we than we wanted, so maybe things didn't get ramped up as fast as they should have. But uh, overall, I'd say we're really sitting pretty good. I think we can finish out pretty strong right here yet. Give us kind of the checklist for the next three or four weeks. What are what are you looking at doing here uh, in the short term? Yeah, checking the. Checking the corn over after tassel, get the planes lined up to fly some fungicide on. That's going to be on the checklist. Uh, probably going to do another fungicide treatment on the soybeans here too and get everything, start getting stuff ready for harvest. Maybe take a little bit of time and enjoy the summer. We go some county fairs or something. One other thing I want to ask you about before we let you go, you did this uh, challenge. It's looking at soil health and biological activity in the soil. So what, what is this underwear challenge and what are you up to with that? Yeah, so the, the challenge is soil your undies. So what we did was we went out in some fields and we buried uh, some 100% cotton underwear just in random spots on some fields. The idea of it is to leave it out there for a certain amount of time and then you pull it up and see how much is left. That's going to kind of give you an idea how healthy your soil is and how much biological activity is in your soils. It's kind of a simple little test and kind of a fun thing to do. The next time around, we'll uh, pull up some of those and see how much biological activity is going on. Again, we've been visiting with Brent Svoboda. He is from Pender, Nebraska. He is our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the Field farmer here in northeast nebraska here on the rural radio network chad moyer reporting dewey nelson on the rural radio network and a big rally in soybeans today pulled wheat and corn higher let's talk about the uh, rally with john payne senior marketing analyst with daniel's ag marketing in chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in grain what do you attribute the rally to 
I, you know, the very, very little information out there, I would have thought maybe some innuendo and rumor on China. You know, they were negotiating over the phone yesterday and today, and I haven't seen anything concrete, but I think mid-morning, uh, you know, the, the markets that tend to trade on China, whether it be hogs, cotton, soybeans certainly, uh, had all made a big push, and then, gosh, they just everything fell apart outside of the oil sea complex, oh, right around 10.30, and, uh, I mean... It's a nice to see the markets higher. I'm certainly optimistic that we can continue to run in a market like wheat, but uh, to see it close to 12 off its highs is not super bullish uh, going into the weekend. But uh, we did we did hold the ranges from last week, which high and low in wheat and corn. So uh, you know, obviously, there's there's probably some upside here uh, if if the forecast would verify Sunday night that we're going to kind of stay dry. But mid morning models showed that chances of moisture are improving. Well, what about um, something we haven't mentioned in a while? And that's the uh, 20 and 40 day moving averages. Where do we stand? Well, we're right on them corn wise. Uh, basically, the 50 day, which is one a lot of guys will watch, is, uh, is down to three, was it 432 in December? So we held that level off. I don't tend to want to trade those intraday. Uh, those are more a closing basis. But even for the week, to be above it is certainly optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, the markets like soybeans right below it. So certainly moving averages are below us on the longer term. Shorter moving averages are higher just given the re- run we've had. But really going back the last four weeks, it's kind of the same story in wheat, corn, and beans. We've got the same range. So we've set it up. 890 is the low. We'll call it 935 is the high. Uh, this week, you know, closed essentially right off of that high. But this morning we were closer than obviously where we closed. But uh, I'm optimistic here that we'll get another run. Uh, Technicals look pretty good. Seasonal is not so much for corn, though, and that's bottom of it's based on what's happened the last four years where you tend to want to sell it here first or second week into July, uh, and then things tend to fall apart. Uh, that would be selling September and kind of buying something that affords our decent seasonable play on corn. What's it going to take for this market to continue rally and overnight trading Sunday night besides weather? Well, some optimism on China. I think that weather is going to be this deciding factor for the next week. I, I don't think the crop progress report is going to show anything that's real bullish, although, you know, again, I, I don't think we need anything that would be consistent with what we see in the weather to, to break us out of our range. Uh, really what I'm watching are the, the, the coarse grain markets. So if you're a corn trader, you're really trading wheat right now. Uh, that's the most important thing. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to the website, danielsagmarketing.com. Well, that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts at krvn.com.